Hello, hello, hello. It's Yak from the bench, not balling. Probably dripping Yak on the bench. This is Defensive Anchor, our sports show, our solo man sports show brought to you from Herd Entertainment. This week's Liverpool episode, game preview, game review, everything in between. Obviously, big win at the weekend, 3-0 away at Leeds. I was, I don't know about you, but I was a little bit nervous. Big game at Ellen Road. Some nasty, nasty fans there. It's it, it can be quite an atmosphere. To be honest, there wasn't much of an atmosphere until they broke Harvey Elliott's leg. Less spoken about that, the better. I hope he gets better soon, but we're going to try and not talk about that because it's not a very nice thing for him or for us. I don't know about you again, but... God, that made me feel nauseous. Like... It made me feel sick watching that, and for the rest of the game, I was I was just staring at the screen. I wasn't even, yeah, I was I was in total shock. But let's get into the game. Three 0 win, stat test. So let's just go through a few of the basic stats. Shots, Leeds had nine, Liverpool had thirty. Possession, I think I think I think we we're up to a hundred shots this year already in four games. Not bad, mate. Not bad. Possession, 44% to Leeds, 55% to Liverpool. So, we dominated the ball, but it Leeds still, I think, as we'll get onto, I think if they had a little bit more luck, a little bit more quality, it would have been more of a game. Um, would have been quite a good game. But when you actually look at the XG, got two different websites, XG. I've got InfoGoal and Who Scored. So the two for Leeds is 0.65 or 0.82. So we'll go in the middle with 0.7. And for Liverpool, 4.4 or 4.57. So 4.49. Let's go with an an interesting stat, actually. Mane had two XG. So he had over twice as much expected, twice as many expected goals than Leeds did by himself. The eye test. So the first 10 minutes were fairly open. I've got to say, Leeds did bring the game to Liverpool as they always do, and that's why I love them. The next 40 minutes was all Liverpool up until the 50th minute or sort of post injury. It did it even out a little bit. Like I've I mentioned before, it, weird, weird, weird jump in the noise from the crowd after Harvey Elliott dislocated his ankle. Um, which yeah, weirded me out a little bit. Um, last ten was all Liverpool. It was all Ox and Mane, really, wasn't it? Ox could have looked a little bit dangerous than he did. Uh, yeah, less spoken about that the better. I still feel like he he could end up by the end of the season. He could end up quite solid back up to the forward line. But yeah, I know I'm on my own there. So Mane, what a game from Mane. A lot of people been um, deading him off, saying that he's done out here, saying that we we've seen the best we have we we're never going to see the best of him again. That might be true. To be fair, the best Mane is like one of the best players in the world, so that's a big big ask. Um, Bielsa's tactics. People have been sort of after this game. I think people have started to write Leeds and Bielsa's tactics off a bit. I see a lot of people. Um, likening them to Norwich of a couple of seasons ago. I, I do get it. I know Ross on the Redmen spoke about second season syndrome with them and second season syndrome is very, very real. 
it is not a, it is not a myth it's very real people do start to figure you out um i still believe Leeds are going to have an all right season when when you actually look down their lineup a lot of their players have become good under Bielsa not many people would have said Phillips Bamford Dallas etc etc Alien were were that good before they saw this Leeds team last season so I do think people have been a little harsh I think they're going to be very good I didn't think they had a terribly bad game I just think Liverpool clicked um and when Liverpool click, Liverpool click. There's not a lot you can do when Liverpool click. Click, click, click. Matthias click. Didn't play, to be fair. Bamford. I thought he made some really good runs. I actually felt really, really sorry for him in this game. Um, Van Dijk and Matip were in control of that battle. But I think if Bamford did have a little bit more support, was found with sort of softer passes. Oh, his first touch wasn't actually that good in the game, but he did he did create some space in and behind and around our two centre backs. So I've got to give him a big thumbs up for that. Junior Furpo, probably lucky not to get two yellows throughout the game, but also unlucky in that he was up against Mo Salah when Mo Salah was on fire. Not a lot you can do about that as a defender, um, especially when you're new to the Prem and you're not quite used to playing forwards that are as strong as Salah. I mean, Salah is... He is... He just look at the strength! He's unreal. But I actually thought Furpo had a better game than people said he did. Um, <laughs> he did what he could against one of the best players in the world. Let's be honest. Matip. Look, let's just play him in centre mid from now on, yeah? Um, talking of Matip, that's a good segue into our stats individual stats for the game the individual stat test so Matip moved the ball 350 yards up the pitch with so so progressive carries up through the pitch with the so he moved the ball 350 yards up the pitch with the ball at his feet not just passes with the ball at his feet okay 350 second was Mane with 158 excluding um carries and not carrying the ball in your hands for god's sake come on from the so ex excluding carries from the defensive 40 percent of the pitch matip carried the ball five yards plus towards the lead goal 13 times and next was of course sadio eight times and I know Matip played sort of centre mid, defensive mid for Schalke a few times, and you can really see that quality in him when he brings the ball out. I mean, I'm talking about this, this is not the first time. Liverpool supporters will, will know that Matip has that ability. Um, I do think we should see a little bit more of that. I know we seem to see it more in certain games, so I say obviously, we don't know, but obviously Klopp sees potential in certain games where the midfield might be a little bit more open for Matip to move forward I would like to see it a lot more because I do think it, it adds that extra dimension to our attack and um, it to be honest it totally splits without just being too sort of hyped on Matip it totally opens the opposition up it just does when you've got a centre back that can just run through the middle a little bit like Maguire did 2018 for England it just it you 
if you get that far up the pitch as a centre back, you always have options because the midfield, the 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 bank of four traditionally, it just doesn't know where to go. It doesn't know if if they move to him, they're letting someone more dangerous go. In this game, that would have been like Tiago, Trent, Salah, Elliot. It is it it sort of it just ties your hands because everyone you leave is then in the prime position to pass through into the final third, which of course we know is the dangerous part of the pitch, obviously. So let's move on to Mane's individual stats. Obviously second to Matip in um, moving the ball up the pitch with the ball at his feet, or the total distance. And obviously with the non-defensive carries, um, he was second as well. But he was first in shots with 10. Blimey. He had the most touches in the penalty area. He topped the nutmeg chart, which is a big one. It's the, it's the most important advanced metric in football, officially stamped, certified. He had the most carries into the penalty area. And only Fabinho and Thiago made more recoveries. And let's move on to my man of the match. We, we, we usually do sort of... T- target three players to sort of look at their individual stats and the third being the man of the match and to be honest I'll say it's Thiago it could have been Fabinho, Salah, Matip or Mane um, but just his control his control of the ball when it's at his feet is just oh it's so gorgeous it is lovely it's bloody lovely it's, but, but what I, I really 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 have enjoyed from Thiago even last season when he wasn't sort of at top form after the injuries Covid etc etc is his tenacity off the ball like he might be small but he doesn't play like it like he gets involved he's winning headers he had a disallowed goal that was a header he's winning defensive headers he's getting in front of his marker and winning the ball back making challenges um Obviously, his calmness, his tenacity off the ball and then his calmness on the ball is what makes him such a great player. Um, And he's just now finding his rhythm. Um, Something us Brits say a lot, but a lot of Brits don't get, is that you do, you play in a rhythm. When you play sport, you're in a rhythm. It's why when you take free throws in basketball, you should maybe have a song in your head that you can just, you know the beats and you know when it's going to come and you know when you can hit your flow. You know when to dance. British British people can't dance, so I understand it. can't get it. But he's finding his rhythm. He's finding his, his samba soul now. Um, and I mean, another thing as well before we get into his little stats. Laying down with Harvey when he was injured. And, and you can sort of see in and around the games how good a guy Tiago is. And how good a teammate he must be for everyone. Um he he's a he's a leader by example vocally and and having him in the midfield with Fabinho and Henderson makes that midfield just like top 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 class let's go through his little stats so he had one assist um I think for, yeah it was for the Mane goal four tackles 95% pass completion which is unreal when you're on the ball that much Seven passes into the opponent's third, which was the most for our team. Most passes made under pressure. Um, He had the best successful pressures percentage with 70%. And he even made two clearances. So that sort of supports my um, 
my love for his two-way game, as we'd call it in basketball. He's He really isn't just a 10 playing the 8. He is an 8, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him for the rest of the season, to be honest. He... I mean, without the stats, it still would have been a top performance. That's that's the sort of game that he had. He was oozing class, and like he is my kind of player. Not as in like he don't play like me. I'm shit, but I just love watching players like him play football. Like that is why you pay the subscription. So that is why you illegally stream the games. That is why you pay to go and watch games live. Players like Thiago, man. And I've already said it, but I am really looking forward to Thiago, Fab, Hendo in the big games. Like once they get, once they've played a few times together, this midfield, it, oh, I love Genie, but this, this might be the best midfield we've seen at Liverpool since the Mascherano, Alonso, Gerrard trifecta. A big shout. Let's go over to Twitter Watch. So uh, Dan Kennett of AI Anfield Index was talking about his uh, <laughs> replies on the morning of the game and he had this to say about, um, it, well, he was basically saying this was one of the most common replies that he was getting to one of his tweets and it was, but who is the cover for Mo when he's injured? Have these people slept through the last four years? Salah is a cyborg, seven games missed in four seasons that was a quote I, sh I should have opened the quote and ended the quote yeah that whole thing was a quote i don't know why i done that voice it was a bit weird wasn't it um seven games missed in four seasons jesus christ look and, and you could argue that i mean one of them was the barca game four nil oh oh what a game man oh, every time i remind myself of that i just peer out the window man like i had happy tears in my eyes that night that was an incredible night and uh, a night I think we're going to see a little bit more of under Klopp still. And with Dan Kennett's tweet, obviously everyone quote tweets it, calling him uh, a good example here, an FSG shagging incel, which really made me laugh. Like, I, I know they'd probably apply that to me as well, but I could not stop laughing when I saw that. And one said, this is your captain speaking. Today's flight has no life jackets on board as we haven't crashed in four years. I mean call me a miserable old git but wouldn't the emergency backup to Salah be the life jacket in a Liverpool team as a plane analogy i.e. the guy is so far down the order he won't ever play but he'd save us from catastrophe so I'm not really sure I mean it was funny but I'm not really when you apply the context it wasn't a very good analogy um I should go outside today shouldn't I I should really go outside and live my fucking life <laughs> I'm miserable. It's to me it is funny how easy people think it is just to sign anyone over the age of eighteen, nineteen that won't ever play. I mean we yeah, we should have signed someone. We should have. But that isn't ever gonna play, isn't just and isn't just gonna end up an overpaid rotten apple in a year or two. Which the million examples of team doing that and then tying their hands together in the future, if that doesn't scare you, is it potentially missing out on the the, the, I should pronounce my TH is more, replacement, the salad replacement then, I don't know what to say, we'd all like someone to come warm our bench, but to demand it, to be this negative about everything because of it, I think like, it's just harsh, like it's just harsh, it's not, it's not weird or stupid or bad, I get it, but it's just harsh man, like just chill, he is a cyborg, and 
on that topic, I see a lot of references to freak injuries. Like every squad normally has anyone near their best player on the bench. The idea that you'd build a squad around the potential for freak injuries is like short-sighted beyond belief. I know it's painted as this like, it would be the smart thing to do. Yeah, it would be the smart thing to do if there was no other context to squad building, if there was no such thing as morale, if there was no such thing as football agents, if there was no such thing as players wanting to further their own career. Like I can I can definitely see a situation where we did go in for a couple of players this summer and and they would have spoken to Klopp and the staff or their agents would have and they'd they'd have been like, mate, unless you're gonna pay me big bucks, I'm not gonna sit on your bench. I'm young, like I can go somewhere and play every week and earn myself a big move in a couple of years. And to be honest, that's probably what I'd do if I wasn't a Liverpool sport. I mean, I'd happily get, I'd get paid, I'd take 500 good a week to sit on their bench, to be honest. And yes, it might happen in terms of the freak injury to Salah, but Klopp will never sign someone just for that reason. Are you Klopp out now? Uh, and another good quote to you I saw I say good it just made me laugh it, it, it pissed me off really um, playing with Fire FC backed by the top red pyromaniacs I mean this this whole thing isn't getting dramatic at all is it like that poor Esther girl who put that article out and people are threatening her calling her this and that and it's like Jesus Christ like yeah I wholly disagree with her but you don't have to like you don't actually have to abuse people you know like you i don't, I don't know you, you actually don't have to you don't you just don't have to abuse people it, it seems like a rule of life now that it's like but they said something i disagree with so i must now abuse them that's weird isn't it we're all fucking humans are weird mate football fans are the weirdest and while we're at it do you know what i'll say it if it the people actually think putting players on the topic of Dan Kennett yeah do people actually think putting players in each position they play in on a depth chart do people actually think that that's crazy because it's, it's really not mad or bad to be comprehensive it's just not like it, it, I don't know I don't know maybe maybe I'm just special maybe Dan Kennett's special as well and maybe only special people not as in like special as in like the special one as in like maybe we're just weird like everyone else is maybe we're weirder and we see like like people crossing out the names and taking the piss and it's like do you not understand how much easier it is to see who can play where when everybody is listed in the positions that they can play like you're just sort of proving the point it's making it easier to choose the next lineup it makes it easier oh i need to go outside so bad let me outside mum i don't even live with my mum don't know why i said that and on to some more, I was going to say positive news, but again, nervous nearly over here. I'm, I've got butterflies for this AC Milan game. The champions is back and we're playing AC bloody Milan. And if you don't know a lot about Milan, I'll do a tiny little scouting report here. So obviously their manager, Stefano Pioli, they're free, nil-nil at the moment. Three wins, no draws, no losses in Serie A. They beat Sampdoria 1-0 away, Cagliari 4-1 at home, Lazio 2-0 at home. I picked five players to watch. I think 
people probably will disagree with me on who I picked here, but these are just the five players that I love. Raphael Liao. I love Raphael Liao. I would. I know he's not like people do. People that watch Serie A every week do say he's not the most consistent. But every time I watch him, I fall more in love. I'm still in love with you, Liao. And then I still in the play. Oh, bang on. Um, Frank Kessie, Mr. Penno against Lazio at the weekend. It, uh, do you know what? It's a bit harsh because it was a nice penalty as well. Um, Brahim Diaz has already scored with his bum this season, so do you know what I mean? Might as well give him player of the year. Uh, Sandro Tonali, obviously football manager, legend. Ante Rebic, who scored man of the match against Lazio. He's been playing quite well this season. Those are the four, five players, sorry, that I think we need to watch out for. Um, they play in a 4-2-3-1, usually, on the right, um, I assume, or they have had for two of the three games. Florenzi, right wing, Calabria, right back. On the left, they've had Liao, left wing, Tio Hernandez, left back, Kessie and Tonali in the middle, Brahim and Rebic, number 10 and number 9, and then Tomori and Romagnoli as the centre-backs. So that's a good team. They've got a good team there now. Um, people that don't watch a lot of Italian football might sort of look at a couple of them and be like, yeah, so-so, because they've got so-so ratings on fucking FIFA. But there's a good team. It's a good team. Um, they're more dangerous on the left, Obviously, you probably tell by the way they line up. Um, and they do attack down the left a little bit more than they do on the right. And their counter-attacking is something. When you look at all the match reports for the first three games, when you watch the highlights, watch the full match, whatever, even in like the two-minute highlights things, you can see how dangerous they are on the counter-attack. Um, down the left as well, I'm not sort of on this Trent can't actually defend train but if you were I could see you could be shit in the bed right now um, my lineups um, for the game what I would do or I uh, it's more of an assumption for Milan more what I would do for Liverpool so in goal for Milan I've got um, Manian I don't know how you say his name quality keeper though brilliant replacement for Donnarumma especially for the money um, I assume he's not on crazy wages either. Um, but he's looked really, really, really solid. Um, Tomori and Romagnoli, centre-backs. Calabria, Teo Hernandez, wing-backs. Tonali, Kessie in the middle. Florenzi, Ibrahim, Liao. And then Rebic up front. Obviously, you could swap Rebic for one of Giroud or Ibrahimovic. Or even put Rebic on the wing and do that with Liao. I think... <sighs> Giroud and Ibra have got the experience. They've got the Champions League experience as well. Um, but I think if, if Pioli's smart, he will know that two sort of older, bigger strikers, as clinical as they are, probably won't stand a chance. It, it will it will give Liverpool the opportunity to just press, from, will just squeeze the game into their half because you're not going to be playing balls over the top to them. You've got to be playing it into them. Um you could also put Salamakers Salamakers on the right wing instead of Florenzi, but I assume they're going to go for the, the safer option in Florenzi to sort of shore up that their right-hand side. Um, for Liverpool, I've gone for Alisson in goal, Trent right-back, Simicast left-back, we'll talk about that, uh, Van Dijk, Gomez centre-back, Keita, um, Fabinho, 
Hendo in midfield to Kaita, Fabinho, Hendo in midfield and then Jota on the left, Mane through the middle, Salah on the right. Now, to be honest, I could see Klopp going for that lineup, except Simicast for Robbo. So I could see sort of Kaita um, and Gomez coming in and maybe that being it. I think with the games that we've got coming up, it would probably be wise um, for Klopp to go strong in this game, get three points, go strong against Palace, um, rest everybody against Norwich, and then I think, again, probably strong, strong, and then weak against Port, not weak against Port, oh, weak, we're not weak, we're not weak, even our second 11 is not weak, but weaker against um, some of the other teams, so that and Porto, in particular so that we can have a strong team against City um, I also think there's players like Fabinho, Hendo and Robertson um, they haven't uh, I don't know they, they are match fit but they're not 5-10 games into into their season yet and the quicker we get them up to that the better um, I'd play Simicast. I think Simicast would be fine. Um, I assume Robbo's probably going to play every other game apart from um, Norwich for the for the next month. So I'd I'd, I'd let Simicast have a game in there. I think Calabria and Florenzi on the right hand side being their more inverted commas defensive side, I think is a good opportunity to get Simicast in there. Um, I'd definitely play Kaita, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kurt Jones gets a game. And so, so saying that, the more I look at it, you know, I'd me being me, I just want to see everybody everybody play. So I'd play Milner instead of Fabinho. Like playing against an Italian team, experience wins. Like, experience wins. I'd like to see Canate, but I don't think we will until Norwich, and then I think he'll become part of the rotation. I think that's the same with Nico, Taki if he's fit, and Ox. I don't think they will get the start at all. I don't think they're probably anywhere near getting a start just because we need the three points at home really badly. Well, not really badly. I mean, we could still get through if we didn't, but it puts pressure on all the other games and then restricts your ability to rotate for games like Porto, which is the game before City, um, which we will need our strongest lineup for. And if you've been enjoyed the show today please like comment subscribe etc etc follow me on twitter if you don't like the show tell me why tell me why you don't like my pod tell me why um but no honestly tell me why because i want to know i want to i want to get better at this i want to get involved with a a, a bigger platform i want to show that i can contribute so um any feedback would be brilliant Thank you. Have a lovely week. Have fun during the Milan game. Don't get too nervous like me. Don't sweat and cry and poo your pants. Positivity. Liverpool are going to win trophies this season. I promise you.